Well, listen, yeah. guys, thank you for taking the time to do this, taking the time to speak with me, uh, particularly as obviously this is an incredibly busy period for you. First things first, uh, we'll take it in turns. Are you doing well? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. Um, things are kind of, yeah, things are, things are really busy with both work life and music life. So I, I like to sort of do a lot of nothing, you know, and that is just something that I haven't really been afforded of late. So there's that, but like largely really good, actually, man. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I'm doing really well as well. Just uh, chilling out here in the countryside, drinking a lot of lemon tea, um, making a lot of weird music. Things are pretty good. <laughs> How about you, Carl? Are you all right, man? Yeah, doing well. Doing as well as we can be as we sneak into winter in London and, uh, yeah, try and get our, our asses through COVID, right? That's it. Same old, same old. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Like, like, you know, in terms of, I think me and Pete have had this conversation like a million times and we're kind of like, in terms of COVID anyway, we're just kind of like, well, we live in a kind of music world anyway, so it's totally depart from... From the COVID thing, apart from obviously live, you know, um, and it's we did do a show um, a few months back. Mm. I think everybody felt it was a really awesome return to the to the vibe of of being in a room with people creating hideous noise, you know. So it was good. Well, guys, we are a few days away from the important thing, the release of your brand new album, Breaking the Trauma Bond. How are you feeling about it? Are you still excited or are you at the stage now where you're just desperate to send it out into the world and let it be judged? Not so much the judgment thing, to be honest. Like that's, um, that's the whole, that whole thing. And even just thinking about the record in, in itself, is just very abstract to me, basically. Mm, same. Yeah. yeah, I think because we've been listening to it. it. Uh, we've been listening to it for like a year, more than that, even as we've been writing it. So, yeah, it feels quite abstract to, yeah, it's coming out, but it's not coming out for us. It's coming out for everyone else, but it's great. Um, I mean, it feels like that thing where like, you know, um, if you, you can't actually see like a flower like blooming, right? Mm -hmm. You can't see it in, in real time. Um, so for me, um, the fact that it's going out there, I suppose, is kind of like, is maybe the final kind of stage of it, really, I suppose. But we were recording, we were sort of composing this music and playing with it three years ago as much mm. as that, probably, if not more. So it's mm. like, there's no real sense of urgency. There's also no real sense of kind of time in general. We hear that a lot, actually, with the bands we talk to. Um, about particularly when recording has taken over a long period of time for whatever reason it might be, if it was COVID related or not. And um, it always kind of prompts the next question, which is where you are then mentally, are you moving on from it? Because obviously you've still got to kind of focus and as we're doing now, do the press side of it as well. Yeah, I've certainly not moved on from it. I don't think it's more just that um, it's, it's a thing in the... Um, you know, in the periphery of my kind of existence at the moment, you know, uh, and, you know, Pete's the same as me. He's got lots of other musical kind of avenues. And so, of course, this is extremely important for us mm. because it's a major piece of work and we did put in a lot mm. of work. And so we're going to see it through, which is why we're here today chatting to you. Um, but yeah, you know, um, it's good. It is just good to think that, um, 
that there's now space for other voices happening for the future, I suppose. Personally, I've been giving it a little bit of distance. I haven't listened to it in a while. Um, but I'm sure when I hear some people talking about it, I'll probably that'll probably inspire me to listen to it again and go, oh yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. New perspective. Yeah, yeah, of course, as well. Mm. I mean, talk about perspectives, a lot's changed since 2018's uh frightened a lot of challenges for artists and bands all over the entire world. Do you think voices have weathered the storm and come out stronger? <laughs> I'll let you lead on that one. Um, yeah, well, I think we're just, uh, we've always been uh, like struggled with ident identity, I, I feel. Um, and I think that's probably turned into a strong point in the end because we're always kind of changing and figuring things out as we go along. There's no sort of plan, really. So I'm quite interested to what the next album will sound like. Um, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, and but, so, so that's, a, that's quite a positive sort of way to keep saying that. I mean, I think that like, uh, you know, I, I pull no punches with, this, with, with this, this kind of thing. And I think it's a real challenge for this band a lot of the time kind of creatively and um, even just practically uh, and things like that. And the reason why that is, is because there's real conviction in what we do. It's not just like, mm. you know, I, I'd love to be in one of those bands that literally like have fun all the time, right? From, a, you know, from the music that they play, to the type of kind of interactions that they have with the kind of gigs that they do, this kind of thing. Voices always is intense, mm. you know? Um, and in terms of what happened with, you know, with the COVID, sort of not so much break for us, because as I say, we were very busy during the whole time because it gave us space to, to, to create this like awesome, uh, in terms of just content album, because there's so much in there. But, um, but yeah, in terms of whether we're stronger or weaker, that's really too difficult to pinpoint. Uh, like what like you know yesterday I felt like you know we're the worst band in the world and then today like we're obviously the best band in the world you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I do love that when you talk about breaking the trauma bomb because it is um an incredibly ambitious release I mean when I got <laughs> sent it and I saw 68 minutes 16 tracks I thought what the hell is going on here but it is an incredible listen and when you set out I have to know the initial early days, and I have to take you back quite a while, I guess, for this, when you set on the path to its eventual complete product, did you ever envision it turning out the way it did? I think um, you just sort of hit something there because you said, like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> and that was kind of always been our aim as, as artists to create that reaction within people. So, yeah, quite happy about that. I would say that that's how but, we feel about our own music. It's literally, yeah. um, it is, well, I, I think it's more present in this one than any of the other ones, um, any other of the, the records. Um, I think Frightened was sort of trying at least to a certain degree to be a bit more song based and, um, you know, very referential to some of our most, you know, beloved post-punk particularly influences. Mm. Yeah, But in terms of breaking the trauma bond, it was, a much more detached process in terms of composition. So we're all like composing in our own little spaces and then coming together and working it out somehow. And mm. it was completely coming in with a like 
with the blinkers on, you know, well, not so much the blinkers on, sorry, coming in blind is what I mean, right? So, yeah, what the hell is going on is basically, we could have called that the album, what the hell is going on. (laughs) (laughs) And and what a brilliant brilliant musical (laughs) and creative terrain uncertainty is. Mm. Well, that's what we've been living in for, like, years now as well. Could you ever envisioned, right, pre- and I guess even up to this point, when it's not quite out there, that this album could work as something like a therapeutic tool for those who maybe need it coming out of this side of the pandemic. Because that's one of the things that's come up for it for me and people that I know have listened to it already. Right. Yeah, um, I think actually the last few albums of people have said that about our music, that it's been very therapeutic and helped them through things and times and stuff like that. I don't know, what do you think, Sam? I mean, uh, it, it, you've hit, it's great that you've said that, Carl, and that's an, it's an awesome like, thing to say and an observation, because to be honest with you, out the whole history of, of Voices and what we've done for all the gigs, for all the recordings, for all the madness, like one of the most rewarding things, if not the most rewarding, is those messages, those feedbacks from people who just, that somehow this music has deeply connected with them. Mm. And again, I think, it, I think it really does fall back to the kind of sincerity behind it, really, you know? Um, so in terms of this album, now obviously we're yet to see how people react on any sort of like more mass scale. But, um, but if it does even provide one person with leverage to, to get stronger or to move through their pain or to you know embrace their pain or, or whatever it might be that they need it might not even be a pain thing but if they get some sort of like psychological pathway from it mm. i would put my hands up and say like job done you know? mission done yeah it does that for us in a way you know certainly for me because obviously the album <sighs> it does deal with mental challenges, inward stuff and things like that. So the idea of getting solace from how you express yourself to say myself or someone else. And um, obviously you've said it's an important aspect of it, but a lot of artists will often say they, they're happy for the music to be interpreted any way anyone chooses. Is that the same for you? Yeah. Um, I think really it's a, it's an explosion of, whatever it is that came from within us. Mm. But uh, yeah, it can. it's just a piece of art that we've presented to everyone that, that there you go, hope it helps and, you know, get stuck in, enjoy the ride, <laughs> you, know, yeah, um, you know. The interpretation of it, you know, is totally and utterly out of our hands. Mm. And by mm. no means are we directional, you know, because this record more so than any of the others is, is in its themes, abstract yeah it's um mm. you know it's like trying to pinpoint why somebody might be depressed or why somebody is struggling with identity it's like you can't pinpoint these things uh without you know a lot of introspective thought right and so yeah i could sit down with breaking the trauma bond and really break down the songs that you know i was maybe more of a lead on or whatever and the lyrics and really thinking about what what they mean and all this stuff but that's just a pointless exercise it's an experiential thing uh, and you know what moves you in in the moment with it is what's important. And um, we look really forward to hearing what people think. I mean, the, the, we obviously put out a couple of um, singles, you know, and it's just amazing to hear people sort of like 
strange and different interpretations of what we do and it gives us more clarity if anything you know and we need it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because we really we haven't got a clue <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah, really much, we don't know what we're doing what's going yeah. on <laughs> do you um do you think then like i guess for humanity in general do you think we get more open about these kind of discussions whether it be however you perceive it however you express it be it through musical form be it for a painting or writing, but these discussions about, say, trying to identify depression and those kind of issues? I think um, perception has changed more. You know, like we all live in a digital world now, really. Um, and the perception, your, your voice is there to be heard. If you want to present it, it's there to be heard by anyone that's willing to read it or listen to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'd like to I'd like to think that there is like what Pete's saying there about if you want your voice to be heard, then yeah, of course we're advocates for people to stepping up um, or reaching out for help or whatever. You know, this is this is a part of the thing, and I think within sort of heavy metal, this isn't just like by any means exclusive to it, but like should we just say that a lot of it's quite dark music and and might to a certain degree you know, uh, appeal to people with a certain dark disposition, you know? Mm. And so we're in that heavy metal world. And uh, if we're going to at least provide a lifeline or, or even just like one step of pen that somebody needs to get to their lifeline, then again, you know, that is something that we're all for, you know? But you mentioned... Um digital world it brings me to the next thing then about social media and the demands of being in a modern band particularly the be switched on all the time content likes follows all that stuff that comes with the modern trappings of being in a band i don't think we speak to anyone that says they actually enjoy it how about yourselves is this an aspect you enjoy and do you think you can use it as a force for good i don't mind doing a little bit of like interesting kind of like picture taking with with uh, instagram and uh, and pete, mm. pete just recently put out a, a really cool um trailer for one of the songs you know we've always been a kind of audio visual band from that perspective um we're trying to refine it and not be too i think we used to put out a lot and and, and now we're putting out less but we want to we want it to be a little bit more considered what we put out but in terms of the actual mechanics of social media i mean i largely see it as a very destructive and unpleasant force to be honest um but it is relational to to the themes of the record in terms of identity you know and me and pete were having a discussion about this the other day you know and trying to get our heads around some of this kind of strange filtered world that people um live in now mm. Mm. i think it depends on how much attention personal attention you give to that world as well because a lot of the time you need to, you might need to distance yourself from it because it gets a bit too much, you know, you're, you're the, the person that you are online or your, your band and doesn't really divide, define who you are. You know, we all know that. Um, I'm just, Sorry, go on. I was just thinking back to uh, when social media didn't exist and mm -hmm. how bands were then, you know, how, how you interacted. Um, I, I, th I think it was mainly through magazines and that was it. The magazine would come out and you'd get your CD and you'd go, wow, that band's cool. Um, but, you know, websites probably didn't exist and and all that stuff. So that the pressure wasn't there for those kind of bands then, you know. 
maybe it was better for them. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I imagine there was a lot better. It's, it's, it's got to a really difficult point now because, um, you know, I'm from the age of fan clubs, writing to fan mm. clubs and stuff like that. Whereas my son, who happens to be 18 years old, is from this more modern era where the idea of social media and all that has just always existed. So I don't really know um, if there's a conversation even we had there about that balance. But how do you guys keep yourself separate how do you distance yourself from band activities in regards to we need to do this because we have to push the band's album music video and what you do yourself on there that seems to be a difficult part for people yes yeah, it's a bit of a weird space yeah i mean to be honest with you in terms of this record we're working with a new record company which i think is worth mentioning because mm. their efforts so far have been superb and have their kind of finger on the button but also know that we're not going to be that type of band that takes, you know, hundreds of interviews, uh, does loads of kind of online presence stuff. Really, we're just the same as with, with playing live. We're, we're doing something what we hope is a little bit more curated, a bit more special. Um, of course, like if, if, if our lives turn in a way that we can do music and nothing else, mm. then like who knows what we can cock commit to then but right now we we want to make sure that we maximize like the potential for the band but but for us it's experiential you know so we're not going to sit you know for endless interviews or you know sit behind a computer stream 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 kind of like putting up content all the time it's like no we've got bigger fish to fry you know uh and, and the most important thing and no no offense intended you know is for us to actually be use our precious time to create music and so we can mm. hang out and talk about voices or whatever it is, you know. Or else we'll just be like sitting on Instagram all day or something. <laughs> I think it's fair. So basically, we don't hear for voices from a couple of weeks. They're doing, they're busy, they're doing something and it's much more bloody important than a Facebook <laughs> post. Yeah, it's a strange old world now, man. Um, there's good and bad in all of it, though, of course. Like, of course. Sure. So this goes back to voices overall, I guess. And after listening to your record several times over and writing a review for it, which uh, will go up tomorrow afternoon, I hope you guys get a chance to read it because I had a bloody great time with your album. Oh, and awesome. You. Um, <laughs> the simplest way I could break down a description because we love to genre break, we love to pigeonhole, was avant-garde metal. Now, yes. do you guys enjoy challenging those expectations and demands of those pigeonholes because it's what we love to do stick you in a black metal camp stick you in a death metal camp or whatever but you guys make that impossible <laughs> awesome it's like it's uh, like trying to you know um people try and uh, work out the meaning behind lynch's films okay <sighs> you, you, you go you go to like you, you watch you know, Lost Highway, I mean, Lost Highway maybe is a little bit more narrative, but like more Holland Drive or certainly Inland Empire, for instance, right? Now, what really is the point in trying to pigeonhole, like, is this a crime thing? Is this a romantic thing? Is It's like, no, it's a stream of ideas and um, a piece of art that's meant to be um, moving in some way and intriguing, you know? So if we're, if we're at least moving in that realm then you know that is it's almost like it sounds like we want to do that it's not even that we want to do it it's mm. just that we just do things in a in a in a um um you know in in the only way that we can 
yeah. and it's just really abstract and strange. Mm. <laughs> I think um, also we take a lot of influence from those movies, from movies, <laughs> more so than music, I'd say, <laughs> in some cases, you know. So that sort of comes out in the music, I, I feel like, uh, different scenes. I love you know? that you went to Lynch as well, because I described the album bearing in mind this isn't my first rodeo with you, but I described the album as, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, the latest, the last season of Twin Peaks and how oh, wow. abstract and strange that was. That, <laughs> that was, um, what was so great about that was obviously, you know, such a big deal that, that that series came back. And obviously my initial thought was like, is it going to be a watered down version? And it was the absolute opposite. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like episode two or three when there's like that thing in the wall, you know, that's that scene. I can't remember exactly what happens, but like it's so beyond the point of um, it's complete dream world stuff, isn't it? It's so mm -hmm. beyond uh, uh, accessibility, you know, and I thought it was fantastic. Like it really upset me. Mm -hmm. Yep, indeed. And I ended up loving it by the end as well. So that's kind of how the album was for me. I'm going to let you go in a bit, guys, but I just want to throw some things out there for you. Firstly, Londoners, which is really, really cool because it's where I get to sit down with people that are based in London, you know, even if you're not there right now. What is it about London that has inspired voices over the years? Challenge of it, man, you know, um, the sort of dark <laughs> challenge of London, the, the, the urban cityscape you know yeah. um, I mean like aesthetically um, spiritually um, and the sort of the philosophy of London is just something that's like what an injection of potential negativity like an endless tap you know and I've, I've tried I've tried I've tried my best and I do 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 all right seeing the positives in it as well of course but like largely it's a extremely inspirational negative world. Incredible. Do you ever get the feeling that you're living in a movie? Perfect example of yeah. where like, again, like London is different to other places and it's a, it's a drawing factor. It's like, yeah, it's almost like that there's things that happen in London that are like scenes from films, be them dark scenes or be them euphoric scenes. Like you don't know what you're gonna walk into, you know? It's a very, I mean, on one side, extremely repetitive, on another side, like completely and utterly the, the opposite. So it's chaos, in other words. Yeah. Mm, chaos, yeah. Uh... Come visit, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good, good advertisement. For London, yeah. We're actually going to do it now. I've got some quick fire ones because, as I said, the fact that you've walked the same streets, probably drunk in the same places I have, gone to the same venues I have, I wanted to throw some quick fire. London related questions at you. So you can both answer them and it's simply to kind of sell the city a little bit more. So first things first, your favorite live music venue in London? Used to be the Astoria. Now it's probably uh, Brixton. I like Brixton Academy. Love that place. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say uh, Underworld, Camden Underworld, because that's where my first like metal gig was um, years and years ago. And yeah, I've always gone back there and I just love seeing bands there, really. Mm, mm. Mm. Absolutely. What about the favourite venue that Voices has played? Oh, for me, in terms of venue, we, we, we had the pleasure of playing with Deaf Heaven in, in um, Heaven. Incredible. Place. What, mm. what, a, what a 
what a venue. Oh my God. That's pretty Huge. cool. Mm. So that, to me, that was like, wow, this place is this awesome. And plus, obviously, our music is so atypical of the mm. itself, right? So it felt like we were imposters. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, it was, yeah, an awesome space and an awesome PA, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'd never been there myself personally until um, just before the pandemic, my last gig before pandemic, and Alcest were there uh, oh, wow. as well. So yeah, that was my first experience in heaven, and it was like, oh wow, this is this is different. Yeah, as a kind of warehouse feel almost. Yeah, it's mm. it's not. Yeah, yeah, re really cool. What about your favourite place in London to have a drink? Uh, the, the pub two minutes down my road because it's just there, you know. But actually, I, I'm in a uh, unique position that the pub up the road from mine has, like, the best beer in London, at least from what and I, I do enjoy beer. So <laughs> uh. I'm a bit of a beer snob, and, uh, and it's just fantastic. So there's a place called the Dulwich Dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Down on a park bench, you know, in uh, Hyde Park. Oh, well, yeah, of course, naturally. That's that's a given. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Um, drink. Well, yeah, I don't know. You'd probably find me in some cafe having a nice Japanese cup of tea or something. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but drink, I'm not sure if I have a favourite place. But... Fair enough. What about mm. favourite restaurant? Do you have a favourite restaurant? It's a bit harder, that one. Place to go to eat. Yeah, I do. Mildred's. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Um, Really nice vegan food. Well, I, I love Tayabs, which is based in uh, East London. Bengali food. Um, very kind of basic, traditional, but incredible. Yeah, Tayabs, man. Near, Check out these places, Island. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about peace and quiet? You want to go somewhere in London where you just need to take a breath from the noise. Where would you go? Regent's Park. Yeah. Mm, something like that. It's probably a, it's a really nice space, isn't it? Mm. Lots of flowers, lots of space, lots of dogs. It's pretty yeah, nice. I mean, the parks in London are basically, mm. for me, the parks are the kind of you know lifeline of mm. this. Mm. Were we not to have these amazing parks, I think it would be even more, and if not totally, potentially unlivable. Mm. But I, I have... Um, few parks right near me as most people do in London right and uh and I've got um Dulwich yeah Dulwich Park yeah that's the one for me how about the one rule everyone should obey when they're on London Underground yeah <laughs> oh god wear, wear trousers <laughs> good one um don't look people in the eye there you go. Classic London. Absolutely. Eyes down, <laughs> silence, move on. Yeah. All right, then. Big one, though. Controversial. East End or West End? Oh, more, more <clears throat> East End, really, for me. I'd be West Side, then. <laughs> yeah. West Side's the best, man. West Side's the best. <laughs> and last but not least, craziest thing that you think you've ever seen in London? Wow. I mean, uh, mm, I mean I'll try to, you know, th th there's only, unfortunately, it's just got to be the thing of where, like, you see people that are, like, dead, you know, or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, uh, somebody had a um, 
car accident. I think it was in uh, uh, Angel, or thereabouts, sort of around the sort of back roads there, and like somebody had just been knocked off their bike uh, uh, with a car. And it's just, just you know, like dead person on the on the on the side of the road, and like a huge amount of people uh, watching. You know, but yeah, he was he was a goner. And I remember I remember thinking like. Of course, you occasionally see these things, you know, even when you're on the motorway and stuff and blah, blah, blah. But it was so personal. It was literally like right there, you know. So I think, yeah, that that for me, that one amongst many other things of not a million miles different, yeah, that's the sort of thing that's really jarring. Uh, craziest thing. Uh, one of them is uh, I've seen a guy taking the contents of an ashtray and rubbing it into his face and eating it. And rubbing it all over his body. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, all cigarette butts, you know, eating them, rubbing them into his eyes. It's quite <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's uh, you know. That's that's yeah. That is definitely a. Um... Go out on a Friday, Saturday night, every weekend. You will see something. That much is guaranteed. Yeah. I try that ash trick though. You know, on my to exfoliate. <laughs> it, yeah, maybe you know something we don't. No one's ever tried it before. <laughs> I, I, I can't really explain the situation. What was like where I saw him? But yeah, it was um, it was interesting. <laughs> Guys, there's a couple of days left then from the release of Breaking the Trauma Bond out on November 26, twenty twenty one. Make sure you check it out, folks. It'll be available everywhere it should be. You know the places. You know where to go, gentlemen. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this with me. No worries. Thanks for having us. Nice one, yeah. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal, what else is life for?